Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Tide Nation Podcast, sponsored by Anchor, with your hosts, Adam and Jake, your source for all things Alabama. Roll Tide. This is Adam, that's Jake. Jake, say what's up. What's up, everyone? So we've got some some things to talk about today. Um, mainly, we're going to talk about our basketball team that is killing it right now. Uh, we're going to go over the Bama Kentucky game, uh, Bama Arkansas game. We got some social media questions. Uh, some people want us to go over. So, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get into it. All right. So, first thing we're going to talk about. Let's talk about Bama and Kentucky. Um, I think, Jake, it was a huge win. I mean, I don't know when the last time we went into Rupp and, and won by 20. I don't think many people have went into Rupp here as of late and won by 20 points. So, you know, we came in 9-3. and three, UK came in 4-5. and five. Um, I think, what was that, a fifth straight win? It was a straight win for that. And obviously, you mentioned when was the last time that Alabama had gone into Rupp and won. So I did some research. And it turns out the last time that they had won was 2006. And to kind of give that a perspective, Josh Primo was four years old when we last won. Antoine Petway was an office assistant for Alabama basketball team. And Nate Oates was teaching high school math. So... You think about that, that was 15 years ago, the last time Alabama went into Lexington and beat Kentucky. Now, obviously this year, Kentucky isn't really the powerhouse they usually are, but this is still a huge win, not only this tied team, but NATO, it's in year two. Yeah, I agree. I didn't realize until we talked today about how long it's been. I mean... 15 years. That's insane. And, you know, we get this misconception of Alabama, which, I mean, we are a football school, right? <laughs> you know, that, that, that's what we're known for. Um, but what Nate Oates has done this year, last year, you know, last year wasn't horrible, wasn't great, but wasn't horrible. But but this year has been, it's it's been a complete 180. Uh, they start off the season a little slow, but, I mean, 
as of late, man, they have been firing on all cylinders and everybody has stepped up. Um, but yeah, this Bama Kentucky game, I was one, I was obviously I was impressed with John Petty. I'm always impressed with John Petty. That guy's a shooting machine, uh, which we'll get to more of that later. But there's a one thing I wanted to talk about, and we had a couple of injuries that are big time injuries. One, I think Herb Jones going down with dislocated finger. Um, he is like an unsung hero to me. I don't know what you think, Jake, but the, the guy is the most underrated college player in my mind. He might not be a star, and I don't know. I mean, we have a we have good players, um, but he him to me is. He's like the glue that holds everything together. Herb definitely is the glue that holds everything together. You think about in year one when Oklahoma came to play against Alabama and he shut down Trey Young. Most people forget that because of the main story of Colin Sexton and Trey Young. But Herb basically shut down and held Trey Young to one of his lowest performing games. And you've seen that consistency not only increase but he's become the glue of that team he is the leader of that team and yes you know we've got so many seniors but you saw how they're a different team when Herb Jones is on the court and even we saw that last year so he is that glue and this is his team even if he's not the most offensively exciting person who's knocking down all the threes like Petty yeah I don't I don't think for me it's his offense that does it for me as much as his defense and rebounding. The guy is long, and he, like I said, he's so underrated on defense. I mean, it's insane what he can do. But, you know, with him, I think he had a dislocated finger. I don't, I mean, I think he was expected to miss a couple of games. And obviously, he didn't even miss one because he played against Arkansas, which we're going to talk about again. But, you know, him going down, I was like, oh, Lord, please get up, Herb. Um, this is not what we need right now. We need a leader on the floor. And not to say it didn't matter, but we still won by 20 without yeah. the lineup. And that was another big thing is that you see how the team rallies around each other when losing someone. Alex Reese has been here for, you know, four years, and he – stepped in and was, you know, kind of being that defensive presence. Now, he's done a great job in his role of coming off the bench and not being obviously the star to Herb or Shaq or Petty, but he was that presence. And if you think about it, Alabama's always had that defensive presence from Retton to Levi to obviously – Dante Hall so they've always had that presence defensively and Herb has kind of worked on his craft because each year we obviously see a new level of Herb and he's you know he came in last year against LSU and played with one good arm and still was amazing yeah, I was gonna I was gonna reference that too. He had a cast on. I mean, the guy's left handed was shooting right handed one handed free throws. I mean, you can't ask for anything. That's dedication. That's heart. That's wanting to win for your team. And like I said, he he is um, he's something to talk about. Like I said, most underrated player I think in in 
college basketball. Um, the other one that went down, this is kind of, you know, Jordan Bruner, who's a grad transfer, which starting, you know, had a meniscus tear. He's out from what I'm seeing four to six weeks. He might be able to come back a little before then, I, I would I hope. Um, but he just started to kind of come into his own, too. And I, I don't know. We, like I said, we've got all these role players um, that can fill in for him, which is great to have. Uh, you mentioned Alex Reese, and he's perfect. The good thing about Alex Reese to me, too, is that he can he can shoot the three ball, which Nate, I think Coach Nate Oates is, let's get down the floor, let's get up shots. The thing about yeah. it is, too, is, you know, I heard some other things that said, you know, if Alabama can't beat you outside, we can still beat you inside. Which is great because we'll go to the line, you know, we'll get we'll get fouled and we'll go to the free throw line. Um, but jo- Jordan Bruner going out's a big deal, I think. Jordan Bruner is a huge deal because with this recruiting class, Bruner was one of the big signings as a grad transfer. So we obviously remember what it was like when we got Quinterly. That was obviously kind of how you can compare getting Bruner, and he's been a big presence. He brings in that basketball intellect and he got very acclimated really quickly to a NATO offense where you're right it's about spreading out the ball it's all about spacing but we're going to space you out so much that you're going to try and defend all the spacing out and take away the threes and then you have a guy like Bruner who can attack the rim so obviously losing him is a bit of a big loss but then you have people who aren't afraid to attack the rim so obviously you know petty and primo aren't going to attack the rim all you know 30 plus minutes of the game but then you have guys like you know juan gary and rojas who are going to attack the rim so it's a bit more of that you know bruner's still going to be around and he's still going to be bringing along his teaching in his lessons but who's going to have that you know attack the rim presence that he was doing so well with yeah I, I don't and that's what I love about this team it's the most complete team I've seen in a long time from top to bottom coaching staff and just the players in general I love the fact that there's not a star so to speak on this team one game it's going to be primo the next game is going to be Petty. You know, the next game it could be Jordan Shackford. I, I love the fact that we don't, you know, when Colin Sexton was here, he was pretty much it. You know, he was the guy. Now, we had other guys. We had Petty and all those other guys too, but but Colin Sexton was the guy. I thought Kira Lewis was the guy last year, to be honest. But, you know, we still had, you know, a lot of these guys come back. Um, let's let's talk some stats. Um and what kind of stood out for me, it was the three ball and yeah. shooting, shooting 47, almost 46.7%. So we'll, we'll say 47% from the three point line is major. I mentioned this in the last podcast that they shot 30%. They still won against Auburn, but they shot 30% behind the line. I said, they need to shoot 40 to 45 to win. Well, they shot 46 and 46.7%. And they won. Right. And I think that's a huge thing to look at because you look at these numbers and obviously 
not only was John Petty shooting almost half of his three-pointers, but then you've got guys like her before his exit was two for three. And then we have to remember that the very first point scored was a three. So, yeah, I mean, it, that's up the tone. Yeah, it did. And, and I love this team because I love shooters. Not that I don't mind guys slamming at home, but I love shooters. And Petty set the tone, I think. I mean, he was, what, four for seven, I think. Um, Shackelford, he's improved this year. He's kind of streaky sometimes to me. It takes him a second to find his shot. Um, I was, you know, primo is primo. Um, One for three. Which, the game before against Auburn... I think that kid had like 14 points in the first eight minutes of the game. And then we got away from him. I don't know why that was, but Josh Primo needs to touch the ball every time down the floor. I think when he's on the court, whether he's shooting or not. Primo definitely has that bit of like excitement that Colin Sexton had that Kyra Lewis had. And we have to remember, you know, yes, we're excited about him, but this kid is, you know, 18 years old. So he's obviously, Still got a lot to learn. And that's one of the good things about this Nate Oates offense is that they're not trying to get him thrown straight into the deep end right away. They've been able to get him brought along really well. And seeing the growth between him and Shaq has been huge. But I can agree, you know, there are times where Shaq is going to have that really good game and then he just kind of falls off a little bit. And the same things, you know, happen with Petty happened with Cairo Lewis before, so it is normal, but you've seen the consistency of John Petty, of Herb, and now we're going to have to like count on that consistency of Shaq and Primo as we get into you know the February month, and then, hypothetically speaking, the SEC tournament in March Madness. Right. I think, like I said, the, the big thing for us was, was the three-point ball. Um, but Kentucky shot 22%, man, from behind the arc. Yeah. For four for 18, they shot 34% just from the field to our 45. And I think, like I said, I credit that to our defense a little bit. I think our defense was pretty good <laughs> to hold them to, to that. So, um, it was an impressive offensive performance which I think helped our defensive performance right I can definitely agree with that and obviously looking at this you know four of 18 from the three point that's bad that's bad not just for Kentucky but that's just bad in general obviously um, Kentucky has been that SEC powerhouse when it comes to basketball over the past few years, and you think about the people who've come out of Tennessee going back to, you know, more than 10 years ago when they had Demarcus Cousins and John Wall, and then you've seen, I wouldn't say that John Calipari is not prepared this year, but they just don't look like themselves. And if you're going to try and stop a dominant BAM offense, run by Nate Oates, you can't just be hitting four three-pointers. And, you know, they had 
one person who had 14 points. That was it. And you look at Alabama and you had. And that was a bench player. Yeah, that was a bench player. And then Primo had 12, Shaq had 18, and Petty had 23. So you look at all the starters. One starter had 12 points. Askew had 12 points, and he played 36 minutes. So you have to think, if you're Kentucky, how do we go from here? Because now Cal Perry obviously has the talent, but what can he do now to kind of take that next step? Because Kentucky is that powerhouse of basketball in SEC, but Alabama is slowly like getting back to that form of being one of the top basketball schools. Yeah, I mean, I think right now the top the top teams in the SEC are Alabama, Tennessee. I think you can throw LSU in there. Um, I, I think those three – I mean, Arkansas had a really – I mean, they had a good record. Um, but we'll get into that in our next little segment here. But I think the top three teams right now is LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee. And obviously we beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Um, so, I, again, I think, you know – Defense leads to offense for us, and if we're not going to hurt you in the three-ball game, we're going to try to get inside and 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 get to the free throw line. Which I think, what do we shoot like seventy percent? It's not horrible, you know. It's not horrible, but the fact that Kentucky shot thirty-four percent from the field and we shot forty-five percent from the field, and they pretty much had, I mean. Brooks had 10 points, so they had three people in double figures. We just had three people in double figures with more. (laughs) So, I mean, like I said, man, overall, huge win for for Alabama. Not because it's Kentucky. Well, let me take that back. It is because it's Kentucky. I think Kentucky's Kentucky, and everybody has high hopes for them every year. And to go in there and beat them – by 20 points. I don't care. I really don't care if they're having a down year or not. To beat Kentucky by 20 points at Rupp is something to talk about. It very much is. And I mean, you look at everything that this team went through because there was that time during the offseason where Alabama was set to lose so many players. They obviously lost Kyra to the NBA. And then people sometimes forget that John Petty and Herb actually had their names out there. So Nate Oates getting Petty and Herb back for another year was probably a second win because after they brought in Nate Oates, he went to work right away making sure he kept Petty. So he brought Petty back for two years. So, And that's definitely shown because not only is Petty going to knock down those threes, but you've seen that mental toughness improve and obviously everyone can talk about what that you know argument between petty and nate oates was but that doesn't matter anymore that's in the past you've seen the tone set by john petty jr and obviously you see how the rest of the team is coming out there because people are getting playing time and there are so many dynamic players who can hurt other defenses in the sec Agreed. Hey, we got to take a quick break because my timer's telling me we do. So when we come back, um, let's talk about 
the next game we played, which was uh, Bama and Arkansas. So we'll be right back, guys. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And I got a couple of reasons why. Number one, hey, it's free, guys. It doesn't cost you a dime. Also, there's a creation tool there. It allows you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Everybody's on their phones and computers all day long. It's awesome. Hey, they'll also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more options. You can make money from this, guys, from your podcast. No minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Hey, so guys, if you really want to start doing this, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bama and Arkansas, and guess what? Another dominant win. Uh, this one was, I think, well, there's no thinking about it. It was worse than the Kentucky game. Bama came in, uh, got their seventh straight win, six straight in the SEC, and won 90-59. So I think, again, we're going to touch on this. Herb Jones pretty much played with a dislocated finger. I'm sure it's not dislocated, but that's not a fun injury to have in basketball. And with him coming in and, show, again, showing his heart and toughness to to want to help his team win um, was amazing to me. Yeah, and I have to agree with that. I mean, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, is that he is the glue of that team. And you've seen how this team rallies around him, even if he's, you know, out there on the court but getting him back shows the mental toughness, that leadership, and, of course, shows his passion for the game. Yeah. Another thing, we got Quinterly back in the lineup, and not that he didn't play well. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball well. He was like two for eight and 0 for three behind the line. But he just, I mean, he just needs time to get in the lineup and play, and that guy's really dominant when he's on the floor. Right, yeah, and I agree with that. Obviously, you know, your first game back from an injury, you have to get some time back. Maybe the 21 minutes might have just been too much for him, but knowing Nate Oates, I think they're going to gradually start bringing him along. You know, obviously, you look at it on paper and you see, you know, seven points. That's not the most exciting, but you have to look at his rebounds and his assists, and he was really dominant in that. So, obviously, you know, shooting, it wasn't the best, and that's okay. You know, it's his first game back, but getting him back was huge for Alabama, and Nader is slowly going to, like, get him rolling again. But I still think that even though his stats on paper weren't the most exciting, those rebounds and assists were the most dominant part of his game. Yeah, I'm not worried about him shooting the ball well right now we got other people that can shoot the ball um we need him i mean be nice for him to shoot the ball well but i'm i don't as much worry about him 
making shots because everybody else kind of picks up the slack. And that's the same for anybody on the team. You know, if, if, if Herb Jones is off, then Primo is going to come in. And, and if you look at that, Primo was one for six in this game. One for six, 0 oh for three behind the three-point line, and he had three points. You know, but he had three assists and five rebounds. So, uh, But that's what I'm saying. You know, Quinterly added seven points. This team is just really spaced out well. I think that I think Petty and Shaq and probably Herb are going to get their points every game. Because they take the, I think they take the most shots. Um, you know, Petty, I think Petty needs to touch, like I said with Primo, I think Petty needs to touch the ball too. Just about every time they're down the field, down the field, down there. I'm still thinking about football, man. <laughs> down, down the court. Um, but yeah, surprise, surprise. Guess what happened again? We shot 40, 42% pretty much from the three point line, and Arkansas shot 23.5%. So, Pretty much back-to-back games where I where I said we need to shoot forty to forty-five percent behind the three-point line to win ball games, and that's what happened. Definitely, yeah. And I think the bigger thing for me, and this is obviously you know going to get some Bama fans excited, is you have to look at that free throw stats. You know, Bama used to struggle in free throws. But looking at this, 13 for 17 for the free throws, that means not only are they getting to the line, but they're getting consistent with their free throws. And that is actually a big win because, as silly as it sounds, those free throws can actually win or lose a game. Yeah, absolutely. Free throws are a huge factor in a game. It could be at the beginning of the game. It could be at the end of the game. I mean, making free throws, they're called free throws for a reason you should make them i mean <laughs> you don't have a bunch of shacks out here you know you got guys that have been playing ball for a long time and and they should make those i i, I do want to kind of give credit though moody was a freaking animal against us we couldn't no, that guy couldn't be stopped no he didn't the, the, the only problem is is that he scored 28 out of their 59 points so they didn't really get a bunch of offense I mean, he had 28, nine boards, one assist, but 28 and nine. And, but look at the field goal attempts that he shot here. He shot 25 times. That, to me, is a one-dimensional team. I, I, that's just me. Jake might have a different opinion than what I do, guys. But, you know, if you have 63 shots in a game by a team, and one person is he Kobe? I mean, what the hell? Twenty-five shots, my God! You give you give John Petty twenty-five shots, and he's going to score forty-something points. And it's crazy to think that because you have to look at the minutes too. They had Moody on the floor for thirty-five minutes. Yeah, so he, he shot. He he pretty much shot. A shot a minute, almost. Not quite, but I mean, the, every, the, in the thirty-five minutes he was in there, he pretty much had a he he threw up a shot. Yeah, and you have to look at Alabama, and no one came close to thirty-five minutes. The person who was on the floor the longest was John Petty with twenty-five minutes. Bama did a great job of rotating people in because you had to see all these people who had twenty-plus minutes, and that shows not only that. 
this identity is we're going to score and we're going to have three different people score that you probably forgot were on this team. But they're also going to make sure that their playmakers aren't tired. And that's another thing. You look at that comparison between Arkansas and Alabama. They wanted to make sure that Moody was on the floor because he was Alabama's biggest threat. The biggest threat in here wasn't just one person. It was those five on the floor, however you rearrange them, however Nate Oates put them out there. Absolutely. I mean, if you have six players with 20-plus minutes, that's a big deal. That, and that got, you know, that six players, that got us three players with double digits in points. If you have three players in double digits in points in college basketball, you're probably on the right track. Um, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. It's, we don't have, I'm going to use Auburn for an example, and Sharif Cooper, who is a freshman who his first game was against us. He lit us up for 26. I get it. First game. Name another superstar, you know, or somebody on that team that's going to compliment him. I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't like Auburn. I don't know. I don't like Auburn, so I don't follow Auburn. But I can tell you that everybody that's in the rotation in Alabama, whether it's five players that night, whether it's 12 players, you're going to get some kind of production out of them. And that goes to coaching. That's Nate Oates getting these kids to buy in to his system. That's definitely the biggest thing you have to see from year one to year two. Obviously, Nate Oates coming in in his first year, he had to basically rebuild. And then you saw the progress at the end of the year when, you know, they're beating LSU with a one-handed herb. And you have to see that dominance. And it's led into this year. And now it's back to we don't need that one player. We don't need that Sharif Cooper or we don't need, like, you know, all those players that Auburn has had in the past or that John Wall or Anthony Davis because we're going to attack you with Primo, who y'all forget is supposed to be a senior in high school. And then we're going to attack you with the most underrated defensive player in college basketball. Yeah, I can't. I can't say enough about Herb Jones. I mean, we're going to go through some players of the week here in a minute, but I just, I can't say enough about that kid. He wasn't like, I mean, he played 23 minutes, you know, and he wasn't, he shot three for four from the field. Everything was pretty much close besides his one three that he missed. But, you know, here's the thing about Herb. He got to the free throw line eight times, which is pretty much half of what our free throws are. You know, to get to the free throw line and make your free throws, it's, you know, Quinterly was three for four. Ellis was two for three. I mean, you're you're not having guys go one for six. You know, so, some of those guys, and, and I think Arkansas shot well from, yeah, they shot 72% from the stripe too. So, I mean, it's not like they shot bad, but you can't say enough about Herb and this team. And I'm I'm so excited to watch them. Like, I... It's like pump Nate Oates into my veins, please. <laughs> I mean, the guy, it's, he just, he wins everywhere. 
He won in high school. He won in a small-time college at Buffalo. And now he's winning at, I'm going to say, a big-time school because they are um, at Alabama. But, you know, I tweeted out on, on Saturday, I said, at Alabama men's basketball, please give Nate Oates whatever the hell he wants. And <laughs> I'm not wrong. You're not. I mean, you think about what it took to get Nick Saban to Alabama and what it's taken to keep Nick Saban at Alabama. And that has to be kind of the same talk with Nate Oates because he brought a program that isn't necessarily known for basketball to some dominance. And in a conference where you've had Auburn reaching the final four a few years ago where Kentucky is basically the big boy in this routine. You have a school that's showing its dominance, not only in football, not only in basketball, but you have to realize this is probably the best all around school in athletics that anyone has seen in the SEC for a while because you have Patrick Murphy leading the softball team, Dana Duckworth leading the dominance of the gymnastics team. And you of course can't forget the golf team. So you see that this dominance with Alabama has fed into basketball now after starting in football, softball, and gymnastics. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the gymnastics team because I watched them Friday night. I, I couldn't watch them the Friday before last, but I watched them this past Friday night. And those girls are straight dominant. I mean, they're ranked fourth in the country. I think they are. I don't know if, I don't know when they're ranking. They were fourth in the country last Friday. I don't know if they still are or not. I mean, they won. They squeaked by against a, a good Mizzou team. Uh, but, but I want to give props to them because I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a lot of them over the years. And I, I watched them on Friday night, and I was like, my God, these girls are so – Graber is amazing. Lori Graber is amazing at what she does. She's a senior, but she's not going to be here much longer. But she is amazing team captain for that team. I just – I wanted to give a quick shout-out to them, man, because they are really good. If you guys that are listening haven't watched the gymnastics team, you need to watch them. They're – I don't know who their um, routine is against this week, but I had to look. But they are – it was just – it was incredible to watch. And also, something to note, the baseball team last year before COVID hit was 16-1. and one. Just saying. They were 16-1. and one. So, <laughs> Alabama athletics is finally – I think – I think uh, I also tweeted out Nick Saban's rubbing some of his juju off on the Nate Oates. <laughs> I mean, it might be rubbing off to other sports now too. So, um, yeah, big win, big win against Arkansas, who who was I think like ten and three when they came in. So it, I mean, it's not like they're a walk in the park, but uh, big win against Arkansas. We got um, LSU tomorrow night, which is actually tonight when this podcast is going to release. So. We need to uh, come out and support those guys for that. Um, we got to take a break, Josh. Jake. I said Josh. <laughs> Jake. It's all good. Um, 
when we come back, we got some players of the week that I think we need to mention. And then we got just a couple of social media questions and then um, we're going to wrap it up. So we will be right back. We talked about dominance against Kentucky, dominance against Arkansas. So, Jake, let's shoot for some players of the week. And I'll, I guess I'll start. And I'm going to start with John Petty. And the reason is, to me, John Petty set the Alabama three-point record this weekend. Um, most ever. And that's something to be said because <laughs> I didn't know if he was going to be back this year. Honestly, I, I didn't know. I thought, hell, I, didn't, I thought two years ago he was going to go to the draft, to be honest. But, you know, him coming back this year for senior season and doing that and the way he's played, I don't – when he shoots the ball, I don't expect him to miss. I'm with the same way. I think with him, obviously I mentioned earlier that he was one of the biggest accomplishments for Nate Oates. When Nate Oates got here, he made sure he was going to keep John Petty, and he kept him. And then Petty put his name into the draft, and then comes the second big win of Nate Oates is getting Petty to come back. So there were all these times where we thought Petty was going to leave and he just kept coming back and perfecting his craft. And you saw that now when he set the three-point record on Saturday. And that's just, you know, huge to see that record go to someone as deserving as John Petty. Yeah. Um, Second, it's Jaden Shackelford. And I think some I saw some kind of not nasty things about him, but just saying, oh, he needs to get off the floor. And he was a little sloppy, I think, against Arkansas, just a little bit. Not shooting the ball, but and, and he didn't have a lot of turnovers. It's just a little sloppy with the ball to me. But I think he's coming into his own now. Um, you know, to start anywhere like last year as a freshman, a true freshman, um, that's hard to do in, in any sport. Um, but to me, Coming, I, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's a coming out party for Shackelford or not, but I feel like he's coming into his own right now. And I agree. I mean, obviously, some people just have to remember that this kid is only a sophomore. And, you know, he's 19, 20 years old. So you have to remember that, yes, he's going to struggle and that's okay. But he is a dynamic player. And obviously... Yes, you know, we want to make sure that he's putting up 20-plus points a game. But we also have to remember that he's still just a kid. And he's not trying to be, you know, a first-round draft pick this year. He's just trying to continue to grow as a player. Yeah, and, and that's, again, I love the mix that we have on this team as far as leadership with older players. And then the younger players that are coming in, I think it's huge. I think these older players are going to help, obviously, with the development of the younger guys, especially in in Primo. I think Primo and Shackleford, but I think Primo has a chance to be a freaking all-star at Alabama. I really do. And he's not one of my players of the week. He probably should be, but 
I, I still think with the leadership that that Herb and even Alex Reese and Petty, all of them can provide with him, you know, they're not going to be here next year, those guys. So, you know, Primo and Shackelford, and, and if Quinterly stays, um, they're going to have to step up. But I think Shackelford, like you said, you know, he is young. And you can't get down on the kid when he misses three threes in a row. He's going to get his shots, though. And if he's on, if he's hitting, he's hitting. He, he's he's kind of like John Petty to me. When he's on, he's on. Um, but, yeah, good points. Um, the last one is should be no surprise for anybody. It's uh, Herb Jones. And like I said before, and I don't know how everybody else feels. Uh, let us know how you feel about Herb Jones if you want us to. But in my mind, like I said, he is the most underrated college player in basketball, in college basketball. Yeah, I have to agree. And if you all haven't caught on, this is, yes, this is a Herb Jones fan account now. Um, you, can't, <laughs> you can't say enough good things about this guy. Um, not only is he a dominant defender, but he is the glue that holds this team together. And you see the importance of him coming back with all these injuries and he's playing like a legit warrior. So he is probably one of the most underrated. He's slowly getting that traction and that recognition, but he is the leader of this team. And, you know, Alabama having Herb Jones for four years has shown the dominance of this team. Isn't it me or does he play better when he's hurt? That's actually the crazy thing is that he has those memorable games when he's hurt, but I guess it's also because you see that rallying from him and the rallying from everyone else. I swear to God, man. It's it's like that guy's never been – went through a season where he's not been hurt and he's played, and, it, and it's like he's never it, – it hasn't mattered. Not once. Oh, I broke my wrist. Okay, I'm going to come back in three games, and I'm going to shoot right-handed free throws, and I'm left-handed. That's freaking insane, man. I mean, it's... exactly what you said. He's the glue of the team. He's the leader. And even when he's not on the floor, he's up on the bench, jumping up and down, screaming. He's coaching. I mean, it's like having a second coach, really. It really is. He is has to be that second coach of the team. So... That's our players of the week. I think you could throw Primo in there, too, just because he's young. And, and he, he didn't have a stellar game last game. Um, but the game before against Kentucky, he was really good. Uh, but those are our three players of the week. Um, we're going to get into these social media questions, and then that's going to be the show for today. Um, the first one that I got was – it was my buddy Tim Elliott. He said when Co- when Coach – yeah, Coach Oates benched Petty and Rojas earlier. It seems like that woke the team up. Do you think it caused the players to get on board with his system? And I 100% think it did. I think doing that showed the team, oh, God, they're gonna he's going to bench. I mean, John Petty's probably the best player on the team. I think Herb Jones is might. John Petty, without John Petty right now, I don't think we're as good. Now, I'm not saying next year we're not going to be. I think we'll have people fill in those gaps. But right now, when John Petty's on the floor, that's when Alabama's its best. John Petty and Herb Jones. But I, I 100% agree, think, after that, I mean, they started off 4-3. and three. We're 11-3 and three now. That 4-3 and three start, 
bench Petty, bench Rojas, you know, the game before that, we come back, they win, and they keep winning. So I, I 100% agree. Jake, what do you think? I think I have to go with you on this one. I mean, obviously with this, it was a bit surprising. You know, not only are you going to bench a four-year starter, but you're benching the best player in on your team and one of the best players in the SEC. And I think that was that wake-up call. And it shows that this team respects Nate Oates and shows that this is his team now. He's not going to try and sugarcoat it any way because it's one thing to bench a player, but to bench your best player and an elite player too, that means that no one's job is safe and you might be a five-star kid, but you have to play like lights out and have that great attitude that Nate Oates is. And that's kind of like the same thing with Nick Saban. He doesn't care if you were a five-star or a four-star he cares about you winning the team over and what you're going to do for the team. Exactly. Like I said, he's, I, I think that was a big wake up call um, for everybody. And once they saw that team said, all right, let's go. So yeah, good question, Tim. Um, Brian six, eight, six, five on Twitter. Do you think this team can make an, a run in the NCAA tournament? 100% again. Yes. I think I saw some stuff. I think right now we're like projected like a three seed or something, which is a good seed. Cause you, you, you don't want to draw like a, a a 15. Then you're playing Gonzaga. You know what I mean? You you're, you don't want to, you want to be in the upper echelon of that and, and get a lower end team. And, and the thing, here's the thing about March Madness guy. It doesn't matter what the hell happens. You remember a couple – I don't remember how many years ago this was, but you remember when Florida Gulf Coast ran it to, like, the Elite Eight? Oh, yeah. And, and, and they were, like, a freaking 15 seed or something. And I was cheering for those dudes just because I like an underdog. But I 100% think that – I think we're going to be an automatic – I don't know if we're going to be automatic, but if we keep winning, we should. But if we're in the tournament – and we got a decent seed, and I'm decent meaning to me, I'm going to say one through five seed. I think 100% they got a chance to go far in the tournament. Do I think they can win? Maybe. If they play like they've been playing, then yeah. I think they can go far, and they have a chance. Um, people might think we're, I'm crazy for saying that, but people like that might not be watching Alabama basketball all the time. They might just be watching highlights. You know, so, yeah, I, I 100% agree. think they can make a run in the tournament. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, Adam. I mean, I think they can make a run in the tournament. I think they can, you know, play dominantly if they continue to play the way they have. And obviously, do I think they can win it? I mean, I'm not sure. But, like, you saw what Nados has done with Buffalo. And he's doing that now with Alabama. And... I think they can make a run. I mean, you know, 2018, that Alabama team beat Virginia Tech and actually made it into a game against Villanova, who actually won the NCAA season that year. So you have to remember that you had John Petty and Herb on that team, and now those players are 
here and they want to try and replicate that with a new coach. So it's kind of that same, you know, mission, but different approach. And you can see that. So I think they can make a run, but, you know, getting all those players and playing that dominance, that's definitely been huge. Yep. 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 I think the exact same thing. I think with Oates coaching them, and the way that they're playing. Now, they have to play the way they've been playing right now. They can't slide off. But if they play like they've been playing, I think, that, like I said, I think they need to get like a one through five seed to where they're not in the middle or at the end of the line on the seeding. Um, so they can maybe draw a couple of games in in the beginning and kind of get their flow going. Um, but, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Good, great question, Ryan. So, Let's, I mean, overall, man, it was just a great week for for them. I mean, two big wins, obviously, in the SEC. Records were broke by Petty. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm pumped up for tomorrow because I think tomorrow is going to be a big test against LSU. I think, um, I think they match up pretty good against us. And then uh, I think we got Mississippi State on Saturday. Um, so... Big week coming up, man. It's a week full of tests, and it is a big week. Obviously, you see the matchup between Alabama and LSU, but the matchup you have to watch for is Nate Oates and Will Wade because they're both pretty dynamic coaches. Say what you want about Will Wade, but he is a stellar coach. Yeah, he is. He really is. So, well, that's the show for today, guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at Tide Nation. My handle is at AdamRamer11. And Jake, what's your handle? My handle is at Slaked by Jake. So you can find us and you can just use hashtag Tide Nation and you'll see many of our posts. All right, Jake, roll Tide. Roll Tide, Adam. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.